Welcome to the Calling of the Rant. I'm Sly. And I'm the end is nigh spook. <laughs> spook. What? It was meant to be a thrilling and exciting ride to an improbable accomplishment. Like Did a, you go to the game on the train? No. Like a Mission Impossible movie, but instead of being... I do like a Mission Impossible movie. Unfunny and horrific like a Judd Apatow comedy. How do you feel? No, actually, let's go from, to the beginning of this. Game, we talked about this a little bit. Game was scheduled at Marvel rather than at the MCG. Let's not mention who did it, but someone might have emailed Gil McLaughlin a couple of times. Was it Hamish? No. Somebody who's intelligible. <laughs> and suggested, move this game. It's going to be between two top four sides. And I won't say what Gil said, but it was fucking extremely condescending and full of shit, is the best way to put it. And we'll just say his response went down to, well, Collingwood's scheduled to play certain amount of home games at Marvel. Two, I believe, isn't it? I don't know. I don't care. Two home games? Yeah, two home games yeah. and two away games. Anyway, but you'd think they'd play like a lowly team there. <laughs> we did. So Brisbane and Collingwood were preliminary finalists last year. So it's no surprise that they're going to be in the top eight this year. Why wouldn't you schedule this game again? We talked about this last week, but why wouldn't you move this to the MCG? I, I don't want to agree with him, Guy, but I fucking will, because he said, you know, they used to change games when they needed to years ago, but now they claim, well, we can't do it. Do you think it's because it would disadvantage Brisbane to play at the MCG? I think it could. So they've beaten us the last six times. How many times have they beaten us at the G in those last six? I don't recall. I know, I know we beat them under Buckley a couple of times there. Um, no, they, they've beaten us at the G. When were they? No, no, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't no. recall them beating us there. I think it was the 203 grand final. <laughs> Everyone beats us in a grand final. That's how they're qualified, the argument. Mason Cox as sub. Was that a fucking strange sub choice or what? Um, it was. Because um, there was no mention of that leading up to that. That one came out of uh, left field, didn't it? Yes, and the umpire declared it was still in. Uh but, in which game? Because it's happening a lot these days. It's hard to keep up. I don't they, know why they have with lines with their anymore. fucking ineptitude. They might as well just put walls up and just play, you know, like squash. Just let it bounce off. But you fucking... You're down on run. You're a very one-paced side at the moment. Why would you put Ruckman as your sub when there's a risk that if a runner gets injured, you're going to be even more top-heavy and slower? It's because Coxie's legs are so long. He covers three lengths every step. I just found that really bewildering. And then you've selected Jacob Ryan. I know he's been touted for a few weeks. Why select Ryan to debut in the second last game of the home and away season when your big problem has been the fucking midfield? We um, talked about this actually separately. I haven't discussed it with you. Then how do we talk about but it? But I think, yeah, not that we've had too many debutants this year, but they've all debuted in really hard games. Yeah. You haven't given them an opportunity against the North Melbourne or anything to bring someone in, get used to the pace of the game, that sort of thing. They've all been real deep end um, selections or deep end games for selection. It's a, it's a bit of a, I think selection across the board this year has been fucking strange. Oh, no, um, no, I can, no, let's recall. It hasn't been, it's been shit, okay? And you're starting to reap the oh, benefits or the polite. deficiencies. Yeah. I, I like, like the word, say the word fucking shit. Oh, well, let's go on to it, yeah. But, yeah, no, no I just, I'd, I'd finish. That was my point. Well, let's go to this. I actually think, yeah, so we've the slowly deteriorated in form. Uh, I think it was Fox or one of those shit channels. They had a, um, a stat that will best in uh, defensively for the first 18 rounds and we've been the worst. Yeah, since. 
since. Well, no, we've conceded um, 100, over, 100. over 100 points the last three games, and yep. maybe West Coast and the North have done that. So we're in magnanimous company. And you pointed out West Coast has actually won more games than us in the last... <laughs> As of today, yes, yep. they have. So... Well, why don't you put them in charge? The deterioration's been happening and it's dropped off the cliff. I, I, yeah. Again? And, Did you put again at the end of that statement? Yeah, why not? It, it's still in play, though. Uh, right. I actually think you can track this back. So the selections, we fucking talked about that. To, what, to, to 1897? No. To bringing Darcy Cameron back into the ruck. He's been... All right, whether he's injured, not fit, whatever the case, he's been appalling in the ruck. He's had like a few... Like, hey, at Port Adelaide game, he got a few taps, but it was a wet game. Lysett went off, which actually fucking helped. He's been really appalling in the ruck. Mason Cox came on, third quarter, fucking vindicated what we've been saying for 100 years. He's the best ruckman at your club and you're trying to turn him into a forward. He actually has swagger, he has presence, he has size. Karen's been terrible. And the one thing, I watched the midfielders in this game. They don't know how to play because usually when you have like a, a ruckman who might win taps, then they're going to start playing offensively. If they definitely know that they're going to be terrible, then they'll start playing defensively. I was watching the players. They really didn't know how to respond to the tap outs, to the rucks. Except for Pendles. That was the third quarter. No, I'm talking oh, sorry, about like when, be, before Cox that? went in. Under Cameron, they really have lost all their midfield oh, yeah, setup. Yeah. And people go, it's one pace, and that's part of it. But I think a big part of it is Cameron has been so poor in the ruck since he's got back from injury that it's fucked up the whole midfield dynamics, the synergy there. And then you've needed people like Nick Daglas to go in there and get 37 possessions um, to bring back some sort of equilibrium. So, I, I, like, I wish they just fucking did this five years ago. He's just put Cox in the ruck. I know people go, well, that, that's why we shouldn't have got rid of Brody Grundy. Grundy used to get 80 taps and only seven to advantage. Um, Cox did that. Month. Yeah, Cox did that in half a game. Huh. It, they, and, and that fucking up that engine room. So we actually made a point um, last week, I think it was, that, hey, you know, this team's not settled. And then the Turtle made a point that, like, Going into the 90 finals, we didn't have the forward line set it, settled. And look, that was a good point, but then I realized we didn't have anything settled. The fence is all up in the air, the fucking midfield's in the air, and the forward line's in the air. And the subs are just really ridiculous. Mm. Um, and the one thing I'll ask you too, how moved up forward? Even when we're getting swamped, it didn't go down back. Last week, when Moore got injured, how did it go back? How actually played as a fucking... Uh, uh, a tagger or you know a defensive forward on Harris Andrews are they trying to just find the role to keep him in the fucking team oh I think that's that's the case for a few of them well I the mean, other ones we, we, we've, we've touched on this too but when you look at, at, at everyone who had an injury this year and didn't come back through the VFL I think the plan clearly was to get them in, in as early in the season as you can and just hope that 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 that, that they're going to get their form back as we're going to go along. Unfortunately, for a lot of them, it just hasn't changed. No one's really gone back to where they were at 2022 levels. They're staying sort of treading water. And, and now it's starting to bite a little bit. And it's I think starting that, to bite a lot. And we haven't blooded any kids or anything. And so it's now difficult to actually say, well, you don't really deserve to be playing. You should probably go back to VFL for touch. I mean, fucking nutrition now, since we've... Uh, started the uh, training loads, has killed a third of the list. Yep. We can't afford to send anyone back. So you're in this sort of state of... Um, it's, it's an unbalance. You're in this fucking purgatory now. And the thing that frustrates me, this is what's wrong with Colin Colin supporters. Unbalanced, did I say? Yes. Imbalance. Yeah. Um, English, I speak proper good. It's like you had people last week going, oh, I'll take apologies. 
Because Patrick Lipinski had a great game. Great. One in ten. That's What a fucking return. <laughs> and you're celebrating that and you're excusing. That's like Hoskin Elliott. Has done nothing but he'll kick a goal and people go, that's why we got him. And then they'll fucking have a shot like, well, this is why he needs to be in there. Did you kick a goal like, this week? Nah. Fuck, he got like this 12 possessions. Oh, no, it's, it's, just, it's just Mr. Average. You know? and, and, it's, and it's, But he's not the only one. There's a number of them there that are just, they're just hitting, their top water level is is probably not really good enough to hold your position, but you're just getting the same stuff week in, week out at the moment. This is the problem too. Is like you get this justification of when they do have a good game, well, this is why we carried them. Overlooking the fact that there's thousands of minutes of nothing before it, and Lipinski proved again, nothing in it. Now, if Lipinski's shoulder's still fucked, why is he even in there? Hmm. I mean, it's a pretty big injury to be carrying if he can't fucking take, brace himself for physical contact or can't tackle properly. So you go through the players who've brought back. Cameron's been terrible since he came straight back in. Lipinski's been fucking terrible since he came straight back in. Howe's been... Terrible, or otherwise they wouldn't have moved him out of the fence. Cameron's been shocking. Did you mention? Cameron? Yeah, I said Cameron's yeah, yeah. been terrible. Um, McStay's actually been pretty no, solid. No, well, he's he's he's, yeah, but he's the opposite. Yeah, but he's only still averaging two goals a game. But the thing I was going to say is, you can do this with a couple of players, maybe, but not with. Then you got a, the goalie coming off a three week suspension. Uh, side bottom was out for what five or six weeks with the knee injury. So you got a lot of players that you've just brought back. And obviously, some of them like to go in and side bottom. You're going to do that. But fucking all of them, it's just ridiculous. As you said, like, inside his year up until that um, he was good. injury, he's really good. Um, he's just really, uh, he's running around it there at the moment. He's, I, not, he's not impacting as much like he no. has in the first part of the year. Again, it's another one that's come back through injury and really just has, has just become mediocre. Well, like I said, I mean, I understand you're going to bring a few of them back straight into the seniors, but the, the, they've brought all of them back. You know, and you go back to the 2007. Malthouse brought Nathan Buckley back through the VFL. So it was good enough for Buckley. And I remember, I think it was against Richmond, um, Nathan Brown was injured and he came back and he thought he was going to come straight back into the seniors. And he said that Terry Wallace, the coach, he goes, if it's good enough for Buckley to come back through the reserves, it's good enough for you. But meanwhile, we've just rushed everyone back. It's really slowed the team down. So it's like a really fucking slow one pace side. Look at it. It's Dad's army in the midfield. Yeah, you got... Not enough contributors because there's guys already in there like Hoskin Elliott who aren't adding enough. I mean, the Hoskin Elliott, this shows how ridiculous the fucking selection policies are. He breaks his hand, he's out for three weeks, you bring him back as a sub, you play him for one half and then you drop him. Either you're going to back him in or you're going to fucking just bring him through the VFL. And again, like when we talk, bring, up, bring up Hoskin Elliott, it's not that I don't want him playing for Collingwood. I just fucking want people who are selected to actually earn it mm. and to justify their continued selection rather than this bullshit that we do that we carry players and then they do nothing but then they have one good game in 10 and people go, well, see, you're wrong. And it's like, okay, we'll write the other nine times so one game's good enough then you can come back to us in another nine games. Yeah. I mean, I, I found the Ryan selection baffling. It, it, I haven't watched any or much VFL this year but it's not a name that kept constantly coming up. And you think, look, so someone who's actually probably done the yards already and would, would have slotted in nicely as a contributor would have been Rusko straight off the bat. And that's where you were going to play. Yeah. You wanted that, that running sort of tall defender. That would have been the, the obvious one. It was just a strange selection. But again, it's just that, you know, that deep end policy we seem to have. But then the flip side is, you know, you, you'd move someone like Chris back and then if you'd prepared for it, you'd bring in McInnes or, or McRae or Carmichael. I mean, I know those last two have just gotten injured, but you bring them in to play in the midfield. You haven't done any of that preparation, and then so you're throwing these last resort options, and then you're horribly imbalancing the side by playing a ruck 
as a sub. And, you know, if next week, if Cox isn't the number one ruckman in that side, Cameron should really be in the fucking VFL. If they can persevere with this, they might as well write off the fucking season and just go, well, we don't know how to fix this. (laughs) I mean, the the midfield... The one thing is... Okay, should preface... You didn't have the goal, you didn't have more, you didn't have Nick Dacos, and they will be your best three oh, players at Collingwood. Look, considering what they... And the margin, I think, flattered them at the end because it didn't blow out to... Yeah, it blew out and they got it back until yeah, the end. Yeah, which sort of, you know, it, it lessens that impact in, in terms of looking back at the numbers. Um, but they were comprehensively beaten there towards the end. Um, those three would have made a fucking world of difference on that day. Yeah. yeah and you can't deny that. Yeah, I think what they did to get back within a kick at one stage was, was really fucking admirable. Um, but then, you know, it was just too much at that stage. And then Murphy went off too, which didn't fucking help either. No, well, that's when um, Hipwood got off the fucking leash. Luke Hodge said it was an effortless pies, which I reckon is fucking full of shit, because the effort was there. They oh, really yeah, yeah. tried. The one thing, I think, since the Carlton, not sort of the whole on game, is opposition are trying to sort of pick their way through our zones with kicking, which means we don't have that frenetic pressure. We don't have enough pace to fucking really scare anyone. So unless there's a missed kick or um, someone's next to the, the intended target, we're just not... And the whole game is based on pressure. So if that's not there, then the game drops away. Or if the, le- if the intensity is there, but the execution isn't possible, then again, nothing fucking happens. When uh, when Nick comes back, do you put him in the midfield? Or you you put him in the fucking to, midfield. To basics you, you put him in the midfield. The no, you put him in the midfield. You you put your best players around the ball. This thing about like this call the half back because what when he was playing in the midfield, he what he got fucking about six best on grounds. But coming back now, this is about look. If you went back to a structure that that, that we know at the start of the year worked, and you want to try and win a flag out of this, you can put him in the fucking midfield next year. But would you would you not go back to that safety no. zone? No. I w- when the guy was out, he went in the midfield, he fucking dominated. And I think it's harder to match up him on the midfield. I mean, Finn McGuinness did it because he fucking just held him and scragged him. It was really good to see uh, Melbourne's coach, uh, Simon Goodwin, just saying, fuck, he's got no interest in the ball. All he's doing is holding and scragging. And thanks to the AFL being a shit weak organisation, which we've called for the whole years, you need to protect the guys who are the, the, the ball players. But instead, the yeah, alpha's like, well, not going to do anything about tagging. They can do whatever the fuck they want. And this has happened for as long as I know. You know, you go back to uh, 20 years ago where Cameron Ling hit Nathan Buckley behind play to draw blood and get him sent off. And this is still sort of acceptable, not the fucking the drawing blood, but you can just do whatever you want. Mm. I actually think the biggest problem is that midfield is really one-paced. So you need someone who's got some class and a little oh, bit of pace. Definitely has been an injection of youth and pace. So Nick Dankos and the guy are the two that need to go in there. Uh, Tom Mitchell is either injured or he's just fallen off a cliff himself. He shouldn't be in that side right now. But again, it's probably taken too long. He was another one that was assigned a tagging job on Lockie O'Neill. And it's like, yeah, how'd that go? But this is, again, it's like when you start assigning players to tagging jobs, it's like you're looking for roles for them to fill to keep them in the side. You have this really one-paced midfield. You have a, It's pretty undersized. You know, Pendlebury in that third quarter when we actually got on top, he showed some class, which just changed, you know, it changed the dynamics for a little bit. You have a, guys in there who just don't have that much skill. Sam Mitchell's not a, sorry, Tom Mitchell's not a really skilled player. Um, Adams definitely isn't a very skilled player. Nick Dacos is. Pendlebury is when he has the time and space. The goalie at least is a bull. Uh, you know, I think 
look, I, I really think, Nick, you put your best players around the ball. That also means put uh, Cox in the ruck. When Cox got on top in that third quarter, it changed the fucking... Everyone looked suddenly a little bit better, and mm. Penderbury was brilliant. I, I, I don't see the worth of going to a defensive mindset, so let's try and recreate what was 20 weeks ago. Where I'm sort of going, though, with that is, is that I think we, we played our best football when we do have that hard running off, uh, rebounding off defence, and we're lacking that now. No one's really been that epic ball carrier. I think they're looking to, to Markov to be that, and he'll do it from time to time, but you're looking at someone to consistently drive the ball back when it goes down. I think the what oh, sorry the other way around. Yeah, I think oh, no, it's, it's going that way now. I think McRae also needs to learn what notice Carlton did and Brisbane did is with Quain or they're dragging him back in toward goal and trying to make him accountable so he can't drop off or he can't provide that counter attack. Noble's another one who's like a, a good scrapper, but you know after that first goal, did he really do anything? And I had someone fucking actually text me, oh, did I take that? It's like, okay, what do you do for the other 99 minutes of the fucking game? And this, again, this is the problem. Did you apologize? Lift the fucking standard at the club. You know, we're looking through Carlton's list, and they had like about 15 first-round picks in that side or in that, on that list. Meanwhile, as typical Colin, we've money-balled it. You've got all these guys who were really good, honest battlers, but as games like, you know, last week's show, when push comes to shove, they're showing up. And that's been the history of Collingwood. The two times you haven't had the the money ball sides, you fucking won flags. Yeah, and you and you you seriously have to look at the season as, as two parts at this stage. I mean, you 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 can have these blokes that will win your games, and you get through, and you're sitting on top of the ladder where we are now. We've got a, a nice potential uh, crack at uh, being minor premiers. Not that that really matters, apart from the fact of hosting games here. But it's what happens after that, and then when finals starts, is when some of these blokes will get. Exposed, yeah. And what's the point what in actually week? achieving top of the ladder if you're going to drop off a cliff and go out in fucking straight sets? Which I hope we don't do. But what if if you know it's like last year? We for all that good work that we did, eking out um, those close finishes didn't help us one fucking iota when it came to to the two finals that we lost. So you, you don't want to see the same waste. It's just a waste of a year, really. If you get there and you just collapse and, and fail miserably. Let me ask you this too about the close finishes. So they said they've won 12 from 18, so now it's um, when we've been trailing at three-quarter time, so now it's 12 from 19. Carlton beat us even though we were down. Hawthorne beat us even though we were down. Brisbane's beaten us even though we are down. Do you really think that mystique of Collingwood being the comeback kings is oh, really... No. no, and you couldn't, you wouldn't want to hang your hat on that. But do you think it's still there? Like for, no. Because I think over the last six weeks, it's been chipped away at him, actually broken. So if that's your methodology, then I think it's, it's really... But we, we, we talked about that last year, that yeah. you, you just can't build a side with that, that sense of this is it, well, this is what we've got to do every week to get out of it. You, you can't rely on that. It's great when it worked, and it's great that it worked for, for eight or nine weeks or whatever it was last year, but you were never going to be able to replicate that this year. And just on a point... And like, nor would you want to, because you want to see your improvement actually get you to, to start taking games by the scruff of the neck and winning them by large amounts. Well, the point, just, and just I've, we've mentioned it before, is like people go, oh, how great it is that we come back. You know, you're coming back last year, you came back against Hawthorne, who was fucking 17 for a day, and North Melbourne, who was like 16 for whatever order they, you know, they finished, but it was in the bottom four. Against the Suns, who were fucking terrible. You were coming back against size, you should have been beating comfortably. And like, I know it was exciting to happen, but you should have never been in that position against those sides. So... 
you also got to look at it like, why are we falling into deficit against anyone, let alone the good teams? And as the good teams now proven, like Carlton's been on the roll for like eight, nine weeks. Brisbane did it. Fucking Hawthorne had a day out against us. You're not going to come back against the better teams. And I think Carlton actually showed the league, you know what? You cannot protect the lead. You need to fucking step on, you know, you need to, you need to fucking just step on it and increase the lead. Mm-hmm. Tackling really great pressure, but I noticed with a lot of fucking tackles that just did not impinge the ball carrier at all. So like they were still getting the ball away, which was really frustrating. The Bo McCreary tackle, he's being uh, given one week. Yeah, I think we'll take that. You take now, that? No, they're going to take that there. Um, I thought at the time it was it was worth a week. And even though, look, in the execution of the tackle, he's done everything that you you trained as a junior footballer to do to, to hold the arms and... And, and bring them to ground. I think that they look at that quite negatively now, that if they can't put their hands out to protect themselves... He had the one arm free. Did he? Yeah. Where was it? Scratching his nuts? Well, this is, kills me fucking now, because uh, the, the, the Fox, or shall say, we heard the fuck out of it, they compared it to like the Will Day tackle, and then they show that tackle, and he's actually slung him and had both arms pinned. McCreary didn't sling him. McCreary is it's one motion. And then a full Yeah, board. so, I mean, I'd actually challenge it. I'd bring the Carlton lawyer who's so good at getting people off. Fucking hell. And just say, hey, you're, you're penalising the sling tackle. There's no sling here. He's got one arm free. He could have fucking free. He could have braced himself. He didn't. We, we, the, we, umpire, the umpire could have called holding the ball, you know, pretty quickly because it was fucking holding the ball. They didn't do any of that. So now... If you ping the McCreary one, because the McCreary ones, there's been a lot of bad ones. That Sicily one was really, really bad a while ago too. The McCreary one is not a sling. It's just a tackle. And the guy it, got up and played. Yeah. There's no concussion or anything like that. I think it's just still that whole... Yeah, look, it must be hard to tackle at the best of times these days because you just don't know what the outcome is going to be. As soon as their head hits the deck, though, you're in trouble. Well, and I think that's pretty clear. You will get players, because, I mean, it happens already with players. If they're running and they get a tackle from behind, they'll propel themselves forward to elicit a push in the back you know so you're going to get the same thing happening now players the guy getting tackled will just take a dive and just say well he slung me and the the optics of the game are going to be well we don't want that happening so let's start penalising that but, she, yeah, but the flip is and I know it's two different um, scenarios here but you had um, Archie and Elliot went up for big marks both came down parallel hit their um, yeah. hit with that force in the back that their head was flung back in the turf and stuff and yet nothing really gets said around that I mean that, that's probably a lot more dangerous than the, the McCreary tackle but you know because obviously it's not being instigated by someone else but it's still yeah well, but then let's just jump forward to that fucking tunnelling incident with um, yeah. to Murphy that had a, a detrimental effect was anything done who tunnelled no. it was um, fucking what was, it, was his name the Brisbane suck Oh, can you narrow that down? Hipwood? Keys, was it? Keys, no. No, it wasn't Keys. No, Keys was fucking Adelaide. Alistair Lynch? Yeah, it could have been Lynch. It could have been one of them. But yeah, but it, I don't think anything was said or anything like he's no. in trouble or anything like that. And yet Murphy couldn't play out the fucking game. Yeah. And you look at like um, incidents, like the, 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 the bump of Nick Dacos, which has fractured his kneecap. Why, if he fractured his skull, it would have been six weeks, but he fractured his kneecap in the collision of someone deviating from his line and running into him. Nothing was said about that. Last year when Elliot was tackled and had his shoulder caved in, that was fine. Mm. If you're going to outlaw dangerous tackles and you have to, you know, or bumps or whatever, or tunneling or whatever the case, if the 
outcome is going to predicate whether it goes ahead and is penalized, then you need to start penalizing everything rather than just going, oh, we're going to pick on a few and not others. Because that's what everyone hates in the fucking AFL is the inconsistency of the way application of rules works. It, it's just so inconsistent, it's ridiculous. Great. Uh, one thing about, like, I was talking to a friend and just saying, you know, one thing McRae would have learned from when he played at Brisbane is you don't have to end up on top. So whether we finish minor premiers or not is not that relevant. We just need to be in a good position to contest. Now, Brisbane in 03, they had to come to Melbourne for the first final. We beat them. And then they had to go to Sydney, I think, for the prelim, ultimately. And well, they had to go into state again. Oh, yeah. In 03, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they won that. And they then, they then beat us and some other stuff happened. But... Um, <laughs> And the usual. Oh, I was going to say some murky stuff. But Matthews knew, look, we don't need to finish on top. We just need to get there. And if we win the first final, then we're going to be sitting pretty. And if we don't win the first final, then we'll take the long way around. So McRae would have to have that in his head that it's not as important to, you know, storm home and dominate. Mm. Someone pointed out that this is a bit like 02 when we went into award the end of the season. I think I lost three of the last four. Do you have that feeling? Or do you have the feeling? Because to me, it feels more like 11 when things are starting to go wrong at the very worst time. But it hasn't felt... You know, it, it, if you... Well, you've got to obviously reference it. But if you look at the... this, Even despite the latter position, it just hasn't felt right. If, yeah. if that makes sense. We're winning games and stuff, but we weren't doing it uber convincingly. You know, a couple of sides we... We blew away, but there was a lot of catch-up football being yeah. played. We were blowing starts and then reeling it back in and, and overhauling. Even against the shit teams, we, we, we gave them a sniff at times. It just doesn't feel super convincing. You still look at the, the structure of the side, and there's, there's flaws there. And that's the thing that you know, we've talked about this for weeks. That going into a final, that's the stuff that now it gets concerning, then it becomes hyper-concerning, unless it all just fucking gels beautifully. But we've, we've broken that, that, that cohesiveness now. And even though, you know, the, the, the buy is going to be an absolute boon, um, and we'll get to the Essendon game, no doubt, so we won't talk about it now as a point. But if we get to finals and we do have a list, they haven't had probably, what, they haven't had four or five weeks of playing together as a group? Now, hopefully, it's like muscle memory. The, 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 the way that you performed at the start of the year is replicatable. You've done it once, you should be able to do it again. Um, But that's the things you're hoping are going to happen. You can't say it with any degree of supreme confidence that that's what's going to be. No, look, I agree. And um, I think Matthew Lloyd pointed out that usually toward the end of the year, teams aren't losing, premiership teams aren't losing from round 17. You know, we've, what, one and three, I think. And I think they said the worst was like three and two, which was Bulldogs in 2016. So the form line's totally against us. I'm not saying we can't do it, but as I said earlier, there's a lot of fucking areas in that team. You don't know how they're working. You don't know when Moore's going to... Sorry, I know like they've got prognosis when they're going to come back, but you don't know how, how good he's going to be when he comes back. You don't know how good McDagos is going to be. Um, that training loads has totally fucked the list. And you know they can defend it because it gives them a bit of bounce in their step once they hit the finals. That'd be great when you feel the VFL team... <laughs> Yeah. It's really, it really feels to me like 2011 when it just all started going wrong at the at the wrong time. And we we're still winning in the two finals, but like always about 2011, we played the West Coast first up and won by a kick. I think Ball got a kick goal right at the end. 
so it went out to like two kicks and the Hawthorne one went on by kick but in the home and away we smashed both really easily and it showed sort of how far we dropped down to the pack and this is what it feels like now it feels like we're really gettable we don't have the mystique of hey they'll overrun you know you at some point um, and without like the going and Nick Dake Austin Darcy Morver they really look like a vanilla side they really look like a money of all side and yeah. you're not going to be playing no, average and, teams. And the, the thing is, it's a funny fucking season too. Like, each week, it's just odd, some of these results. You know, you look back last week when we beat Geelong, you'd say that was probably a really good win. Then you looked at Geelong's performance, um, was it last night? Yeah, Saturday night. Um, that was fucking horrible. Yeah, Saints just ran all over them. And you think, well, what does that actually mean for our win? Maybe it wasn't as meritorious as, as you initially thought we, at the we time. We said it in the lead-up to Geelong, any team other than Melbourne, the one game they won at fucking their home ground, um, Geelong whenever they've been really pushed, they've struggled this year. Mm. They've smashed the shit teams when they've needed to sometimes, and sometimes they've lost. Like, they lost the Fremantle at home, and so they've been really spasmodic. Yeah. Look, the, the, the Brisbane game, I think if Collingwood played six, seven other clubs, we would, with that intensity, we would have won relatively comfortably. But the problem is, going into the finals, you're not going to be playing those six, seven teams. No. So... But just conversely, though, and you look at um, sides like Footscray um, today and, and Essendon last night, they had real valid fucking reasons to go out there and try and win these games. Same with Geelong. I mean, they were playing... Yeah, for, that know, two look, the... Out of all three of them, they're fucking premiers. To, to go out and not even qualify for finals as Premier. I mean, they're a fucking ageing list and all that sort of things, and they've got issues um, with injuries and stuff. But still, it, it's a fucking... It's yeah, not a great look. The Geelong, you can't defend your title. Yeah, but the Geelong one understand because Chris Scott doesn't watch the games. He doesn't see what's happening. So how can That's you actually true. correct what's happening? Apparently he had no one uh, who knew a lot about football in the box with him this week. So look how fucked he was. Well, um, yeah. yeah, but you, you look at Essendon, and Essendon fucking abysmally failed to turn up. Um, Footscray fucking got beaten by West Coast today. Yeah. It's just really hard to predict results. Like, you wouldn't have called any of them. I would have thought Essen would have made a showing of it. Um, I certainly would have thought that, that um, the dogs dialed a, a win in. Well, I, I do recall sort of we were looking at the finals, the potential finals, or the final eight, sorry. And because you know someone, you know someone at GWS, saying GWS are pretty livid because that... Adelaide decision means they can't make the finals because we all assumed Bulldogs would smash West Coast, but Bulldogs have lost now. GWS is sitting eighth, so yeah, no one anticipated yeah. that. Uh, you know, so a lot of that's really hard to predict. And there's like there's um I think Mark Stevens tweets it every five minutes now about Collingwood about um you know dead rubberitis or some uh, medical term. Um, how much do we we buy in that? Look, I, I can I can imagine you taking the foot off the pedal with a dead or viewing edge game as a dead rubber when you've absolutely locked in top two. Now I, I don't think Fly's hidden that 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 was um, you know what they were gunning for before finals to finish top two and host um, home finals at the G. Now that's still I think it's murky. We could still drop out. Yeah. It, it... Needs a certain yeah, results. but you know, what more fucking motivation do you need? Why wouldn't you just win that one game you needed to win to lock things in and then you could sit there Look, and play I, dead There'll rubber. be people, like, so Mark Stevens is the dead rubberitis. Um, you know, people say McRae's foxing, he doesn't want to show his whole hand, you know, particularly the last few weeks when we've gone from first to 18th defensively. But the one, there's one counter to these um, rationalizations, and it is 
if you watched the Brisbane game, we fucking tried our heart out and we got beat it. Mm. We didn't try and manage our way through it or anything like that. They fucking tried to win it. They did everything they could to win it and Brisbane were too good. So these people go, oh, we've got nothing to play for. No, no, they, we tried. Mm. We weren't good enough. That's all it comes down to. And this, fuck, this typical Collingwood rationalization that we would have won if not for insert excuse here. Always that, is going to deprive you of the impetus to improve. I think you've got two harsh realities that you've got to face at the moment. One is that we aren't fucking good enough um, to, to last in finals and one we're not good enough to win the flag. So how do you offset that? If you've invested everything, all your belief that this side, it was theirs to lose, all that sort of stuff, now you've got to fucking concede you got it wrong. And it's hard for people to do that. They'll start fucking looking for any little conspiracy theory to explain why we've turned to shit. It, it's it's just one of those things. And I think you've got to be realistic about your approach and say, look, maybe we just aren't going to fucking do it this year. And look, if we don't do it this year, it's... it's They're not doing it. No. That's, that, this that, is that, their opinion. The yep. So, just sort of to go a little bit aside, unless you have any final things to add about the Collingwood-Brisbane game? Nah, fuck it. Okay. So... I watched some of the Carlton um, Gold Coast game. I'm quite shocked that Carlton could invest some high draft picks in key forwards, and those key forwards have come good for him. Whoever would have you thought... You free that... kick Kerno. Yeah, fuck, if he's getting him, who he's getting him, fuck. He, he was amazing on the on the weekend, you know. And they got uh, Harry McKay too, and they got Weedering, there's number one pick at fullback. So that's like... I mean, the other two went sort of a little bit higher in the, like, I think they went about 10 and 13 or something. But retrospectively, they'd be top five. So you look at, like, Carlton, if they get their shit together right with that list, they will be able to dominate for a little bit of a dynasty. And then you get other clubs that were just fucking, yeah. This is the one thing that frustrates me with Collingwood. And Sam Mitchell did it at Hawthorne. He said, to go forward, we need to go back. And they cut players. Collingwood said, we're not going to go back. We're just going to go forward. And they brought in the money ballers. And this is the thing that concerns me, you know, we keep talking about. So it really worries me what the future is going to look like. you got like a freak in Nick Dacos, but then more in Dugowie, like 26, 27. And then it just drops off, you know, a, a, a cliff with Pendleberry, like 34 or whatever the case might be. Adelaide goal review. Ben Keyes snaps. Umpire says it hits the post. They don't go to review. And Adelaide lose the game and get costed a, fi- a potential finals berth. What are your thoughts? That's an absolute clusterfuck. You know, and this is that thing that really shits me with the AFL, is when it's fucking convenient to explain their way out of um, poor arc decisions or stuff or phone ones that aren't reviewed, they sit there and they tell you that every goal is reviewed. And if unless they push a button, then, then they no, just well, got to assume that it's okay. And this one, they're justifying it on the reverse that if they'd done the arc review, which is pretty much now you're acknowledging you don't fucking do it for every goal. No, no, but they, they, they do it for every goal, not for something that's called a behind. So they only do it when it's actually called oh, a behind. Oh, serious? Goal. Yeah, that's, the, that's their justification. Yeah, but what's the point? I don't know. Well, so, well, on the flip, then, aren't you trying to devalue anything that, that, that potentially isn't a goal? Well, you should be calling for everything. So it's either, if it's close like that, then you'd be going, we're going to call for everything. Oh, fucking in that case, it should have been. I mean, well and truly, it should have been reviewed. But yeah, I remember watching a fucking live figure. That doesn't even look like it's deviated or touched or anything. Surely, you know, if you're looking at it, you go, I can fucking like that. The, the players are bloody celebrating. It was only the fact that fucking um, I think that, that someone saw the umpire signal that was behind that that, that Sydney started um, kicking out. 
yeah. the ball out. That, and even then, I don't think he fucking did it with any great rapidity because there was no one there waiting to receive. It's just a farce of, of an outcome. And the thing is, like, you fucked a club season. I don't really care whether um, Crows make it or not. I mean, if I was supporting them, I'd probably be fucking livid now. But they have a right to be in a, in a position to, to be going for a spot in the out. They've had that taken away from them because somebody made a mistake. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, I'm not running a fuck about Crows either. If they made the finals this year, okay, so, I mean, that's unexpected. No one expected them to come up. Now they, they probably won't, or they're not going to make the finals. If they don't make the finals next year, Matthew Nix might lose his job. And that's based on the fact that someone didn't know how to fucking call for a review or know how to call a goal a goal. So that's got implications on the actual whole club and play, people's futures at that club. So that's fucking really frustrating. Uh, on the other side, it's Ben Key, so fuck you, mate. <laughs> And that's what I think about that. Hey, Essendon game. I think it says a lot when everyone's secretly shitting themselves over how this game's going to go. You've had... I'm not. It's a perfect... It, it, it's a setup for a perfect fucking storm. Essendon were completely fucktards. Can you say that these days? Fuckheads, fuck shit, shit, whatever. Um, they were terrible. Um, got belted to the tune of... What was it? A hundred and something yeah, points in the end. Um... They got. They they obviously can't make the eight now. Uh, we are sitting there, never more exposed this year than we are in this game. I, like I'm assuming that Murphy doesn't get up. It was an adductor muscle or something that was damaged or anything. He's obviously in the back to tank this week or in the Lazarus pit again. And yeah, you know, let's assume he doesn't come up. Who's fucking running around in defence this week? You got Frampton, um, Markov, Quainor. It's really going in quite inexperienced, and it's ripe for the plucking. Yeah, I, look, I think if you're going to... You'd have to bring um, the goey back. So, McRae well, said... I think he said that. In the McRae said if it was a Saturday game, he might have played. And if it was a final, he would have played. So, I, you're going to have to fix up that midfield. That midfield's the number one problem. You need to play Cox to fucking... You can't keep playing Cameron and getting these ambiguous results that the midfielders don't know how to set up because they really don't know how to set up. They're dropping off their players too much because they're not sure whether they're going defensive or they're running offensive. And they're at a fucking loss. So Cox has to play Ruck pretty much for the rest of the season. In terms of Essendon, this game, uh, they lost to GWS. Like, people are going, oh, holy fuck. They've actually been falling off a cliff for like a month. You know, they just beat West Coast by whatever it was, a point or two. They haven't been going that well themselves for like a month. Whether they've tired or something else has happened at the club or whatever the case. So I'm, I'm actually not that worried about winning. I think... We should fucking win relatively comfortably. Well, the thing is, we have to win fucking relatively comfortably. You, you need to get some belief back into this side. And the only way to get a fucking belief, I think, is to go out there and belt the living suitcase out of someone. This has to be a minimum of a 10-goal win. But the thing is, I want to say, too, and this goes... This is the thing that kills the common sport, is they fucking run around, they, they take pot shots at us for going being negative, and then I go, well, I can see us losing this one. Well, it's like, okay, how's that work? And this is one thing I fucking hate at Collingwood, is the, um, the collective psyche of... Oh, I could see us losing this one. I could see us dropping this one. How about you fucking turn that around and just go, let's just smash these fuckwits and shore up our place on top and then reset. And from there, hopefully we can you know, put it together. There's still time to resuscitate the season. If you go out and struggle this week and fucking, if you went out even worse than you lost, you've got now two weeks to fucking stew on how fucking bad you've become. Now, you'll sit there and you'll go into a room and everything, forget about it. We're setting up for finals. And I'm sure you'll use some of that as motivation, but you 
already got that fucking seed of doubt in your head. You know, we've been tapering off. We put in some good performance and a good win against the Cats. Um, if you go in and belt the crap out of them this week and you fucking humiliate them, you've got to walk off that ground going, fuck, we've still got it. We're the Fonz. I've still got it. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually, that was Richie who used to say that. Jeez, um, we're fucked. Essendon's red. Richie's red. It's all come together now. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. It's, they really need to go out and have a statement game almost. Yeah. So just to really give themselves that sense of belief and walk taller. You come off going, you know, fucking we've got now two weeks to, to rest and recoup, um, get some boys back on onto the track and get them over their injuries, and then we hit this fucking thing head on and we're still a chance. Yeah, look, I, I, I know he won't. But we're fucking top of the ladder we win this week, so we're still a chance. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but you got doubts. Yeah, look, you've got to find some chemistry there, and the midfield's the number one thing spluttering. The other places are spluttering also, but like I look at that Geelong game where we actually had some intensity around the ball. You know, we could... The, the, uh, the forward line worked with without more down there. I mean, Murphy was down there, but, you know, it was an inexperienced defence pretty much, especially in terms of how much they've played together. Um, probably between McStay, Mychek's recent form, and Elliot, they've got enough happening up forward that you hope that will carry him to a victory. But it's the midfield that they've really got to fucking get working. Yeah, and if they're going to make a hard call and drop fucking like Mitchell, then just do it. Yeah, it's like you're looking at, you know, just to go off on another tangent for a second, um, Reef McInnes had another great goal return this week. They could just consistently playing him as a fucking um, medium to tall forward. The fucking guy's got midfielder, really, surely. He's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. Why aren't we giving him any fucking midfield time? Because this is the sort of person that you want to inject into the future midfield, and he's just running around fucking kicking goals and stuff. He ain't going to come in this week and go into the forward line, surely. The forward line at the moment... There's enough people in the forward yeah, line. I don't think anyone's coming Or McCreary will go out well, this week. Less, well, Hill, you'd imagine, yeah. would, would come in and inject a bit of pace. And well, McCreary's obviously, as you said, gone. Um... Unless we contest, do we ever contest these things? I don't think we have a great track record to do. We usually no. just drop the pants and say, uh, please, sir, may I have another? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, yeah it's just, it, some of it's still baffling to me about why we just aren't prepping certain players for the roles that they were sort of born to play. Well, that, it frustrates me that when you look at the midfield outside of Nick Dagos, and Nick Dagos is a super freak, that you have this midfield with the Goey, Mitchell, Pendles, Side bottom Adams, really top age midfield. That would be the time to fucking bring one young guy in, and especially Reef McInnes is is a relatively big guy, and just go okay, we're gonna fucking um get you, introduce you to midfield duties while you got these senior bodies around you. Don't do it like you know when they've all dropped out. Then there's a midfield of McInnes, McInnes, um, fucking Carmichael and McRae, and then you got like these three youngsters in there. Get one of them in there while they're shielded by the more senior bodies. Now, that hasn't happened with Nick Dacos, obviously, because he's already the fucking best player on the side. But he's good enough to carry that. So they really should have done it at some time earlier this year. I think that Mitchell pickup, it's been very double-edged, whereas he was really good for us earlier in the season. It also meant to push one of those guys out, because last year it would have been Carmichael or someone who were playing. And instead... You know, they've been stuck in the VFL, but it does frustrate me. Like, McInnes, I think he's had one full game as a forward and about two or three as a sub. And, you know, McRae hasn't had a look in at all. And Carmichael, I think, had one as a sub. And so that's, you know, the extent of those guys having a look in this side. Mm. And you easily could have brought them in. Oh, look, I don't know what fucking, you know, behind the scenes whether McRae and that, they got some metrics. They're going, well, this, this is what's being fulfilled. But 
given the returns of guys like Hoskin, Elliott, and Lipinski, and that, you easily could have brought these young guys in and said they'll give us as much uh, statistically as those guys, and they might offer a lot more upside to the immediate future, and it'll also make people like Lipinski and Hoskin a little hungrier to get back exactly in. Exactly what I was about to say, because you look at the way Cox approached the fucking game when he came on. He was angry, and he had a fucking point to prove. Yeah. And then, and, um, uh, uh, Sly. Fly, uh... me. Sly had a you made a moment in the presser where he he highlighted that saying you know you know he looked hungry didn't he and you know, you, you you want to make him you know hungry well you you're just isolating one big bloke who actually his form wasn't that bad when no. you dropped him compared to blokes who just fucking they're just treading water for for most of the year why not make them hungry yeah. it's too late to fucking do it now you put all your eggs into that one basket. Yeah, and the thing with, with Cox, like, he had a few quieter games before they dropped him, but that was when they brought McStay in and sort of pushed Cox out of what he'd been doing. So, look, you know, I hope they look at it like some with brutality, with clinical brutality, and just go, these are the guys not performing, let's fucking change it. Even if it's a case of let's drop a couple of them and get a lot hungrier for the fucking finals, because right now that list is spluttering. And as I said a few weeks ago when the Chief was here, if you get that engine working, then a lot of them sort of fall into the wake of that and they look good, but you cannot keep fucking relying on that. You can't keep relying on the 20-year-old kid to get 35 possessions or Josh Dacos to get a 38-possession game. You need some of these senior bodies to really chip in. Adams, Mitchell, Lipinski, you've got to do a lot more than they're fucking doing, and they're not at the moment, no. and it's really frustrating. Absolutely. This is a sort of, honestly, you look at this, the way they're playing at the moment, if it falls apart on them this year... This is the sort of thing where I think if it was Malthouse's coach, he'd probably walk away and go, start. That this list doesn't have it. We need to actually start again. Cut it. But we've re-signed everyone, so obviously we're not going to be doing that. Oh, yeah, I know. But it, I don't know what the war chest looks like in terms of the salary cap, but they need a really good forward or a really good midfielder or a really good defender and then push more forward. More forward. Because it's just too much of a money ball side. Well, there's just too many old blokes there. I mean, they're, and they're all going to go. They, they'll play next year, most likely, the likes of Pendlebury and, and Sidebottom and Howe. But that's it. They're not, they, I don't think they've got another year left in any of them. So that's three big fucking holes you need to fill. And who's coming through the ranks? Who's going to lift next year to, to take their spots? Yeah. I'll, yeah, you, you're going to have to go backwards. Yeah, well... You don't replace guys like Pendlebury, just like that. Side no. bottom, similarly. Unless you get a Nick Dacos. Yeah. But Cloning, are we, are we looking at that? We should look into that. Should we go to Camino after this? But in terms of the um, like the younger guys who are there, Carmichael, McRae, and uh, McGuinness, yeah, it's still shocking that they haven't played one of them at least more. No. You know, Malthouse would have blooded someone by this stage. You know, you get back to 210. You know, McCaffer, Blair, and who's the other one? McCaffer, Blair. There was one more who came in into that list. And, and they displaced, you know, Josh Fraser, Lockyer, and O'Bree. And it was like a change in the guard. Metis was the other one who went out. Metis is supremely talented. This side is still the same side we fielded round one, pretty much. Outside of, like, bringing Lipinski, because Lipinski was out of injury. But he would have been there in that round one side. I really would have hoped that, you know, when you're building a fucking premiership tilt, you're not just looking at now, you're looking at the future and going, okay, who's there for the next five years? Who And there's a couple of guys there, I think, are really, really struggling to just maintain their spot at the moment. And that was evident from about eight weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And yet we persevered with them. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the, the bed was made and had to be laid in. 
Well, there's and, shit and, in it, so that's <laughs> useful. And, hey, Pancakes. And, and this could be the thing that undoes us this year. Mm. It's nice the investment in, in something that realistically, when you look back at it, it just hasn't really gone. You're winning games, fantastic, but it's not about how many fucking games you win if you lose two finals in a row. No, just you lose two finals, regardless. You know we do have the second chance, so yeah. But the thing is, no, but ultimately, but, but if you go out in the same manner that we did last year, it's all for naught. Yeah, but ultimately, once you lose two finals, you're out. So if you lose one, win one, then lose the next one, whatever. Well, you're yeah, okay, yeah, yeah so you know what I meant though. You lose, yeah, you lose that last game of the season, then what the fuck's it matter? Hmm. Last final thoughts. You go out there and fucking destroy the bombers. Other than the fact that it's just enjoyable to see them suffer even more, just do it and fucking believe again. Yep. Um, I agree. So we'll come. We'll be back next week. Will we? I don't know. I thought we were cancelling. This is the final episode. Didn't you announce that at the start? I told you that beforehand. <laughs> don't mention it yet. I said we're going to mention it after. Anyway, so we'll see you next week. Later. Bye.